0: Welcome, episode 303, the Artemis 2 crew has just been announced, recording this seconds after the live broadcast, exciting, we know the first humans going back to the moon in over 50 years, let's talk about it, thanks for joining us on Today in Space. And we are here, Artemis 2, the second mission in NASA and humanity's return to the moon, the U.S. has chosen three astronauts from NASA. And with the international partnership with Canada, there is a Canadian astronaut, four human beings that are going back to the moon. We're going to talk about that here. I'm going to talk a little bit more about Artemis II and Artemis III, the when we step foot on the moon. And the science around that, the vehicles that are needed for this to be Accomplished safely, and kind of the whole idea around this. this episode is for people who are catching up on what NASA Artemis is and why we're going back to the moon, how we're gonna do it. We're going to talk about the four astronauts that were chosen. We're going to talk about the Artemis crew and the whole event of this selection this is This is a big deal as far as human spaceflight is concerned. It's a whole new era for NASA. Things are real. the humans are chosen. Their lives are in everyone's hands, and and they are going and risking their lives to help push us forward as humanity, and I think what I'm going to do here is just share some of my first thoughts, and then we'll dive into it, but thank you for joining us. This is Today in Space. I am your space science podcast host from the East Coast, Alex G. Orfanos, and let's talk about Artemis 2. All right, so to start this off, let's just tell you who the astronauts are. We're going to talk about them more later in the episode, but you're here, and I want to give you something within the first five minutes. Your four astronauts for Artemis 2: Mission Specialist Christina Koch, Mission Specialist from Canada Jeremy Hansen, our pilot is Victor Glover, and the commander is Reed Weissman. Now, there was an entire Artemis team of astronauts to be chosen. We're going to have a link so you can see all of those astronauts, and there's a quick two-minute clip for each astronaut. We went through that this weekend, getting exciting and prepping for this uh, selection, but um, while these four, uh, three, were chosen from that NASA astronaut pool, I think there's only four active Canadian astronauts at the moment, so one of those four was chosen. And because Artemis is an international partnership, I mean the the Orion capsule is helped designed and made by the European Space Agency, and uh, I heard Airbus as well. Um, the space launch system is uh, is definitely a massive partnership to get that thing done. And so this is, this is something that's put together in many different ways. One of the other reasons why Canada uh, had a seat on this, f- you know, first return to the moon was because of their massive investment. Uh, and, and, you know, NASA's and Can- the Canadian Space Agency's, like, joint uh, human space flight Partnership. I mean, the Canadarm, the the robotic arm that Canada's provided us on the space station, the first one, Canadarm2, which is currently active on the space station, critical for so many operations, especially docking of most of the spacecraft um, and anything that's outside that needs positioning. That arm has has been crucial uh, for, the, you know, initially some of the assembly of the space station, but also uh, for any kind of operations in space. So as we start building Artemis, which is this program uh, to span generations where Artemis two, II, Artemis three, these two missions are setting up human operations in space. These astronauts that are going to the moon are setting up the groundwork, risking their lives, doing what test pilots do. You know, these are explorers, these are pioneers, specifically doing things that people have never done before. There's no guideline. There's You're making the book up as you go. These folks are going to be setting up all of the things that we need to live around, you know, in space, around the moon long term, and then all of those things that we learn are going to set up our ability to go to Mars. So it's really setting up human exploration that... Uh, will be around that will have longevity for us and won't just be something that was you know like the first space race when we first went to the moon it was a it was military based obviously it became scientific and it became something that was a lot more it was a lot bigger the space shuttle was not a military vehicle it did not have a military mission uh, the space station again it it's, it was a mission of peace of international partnership and science and exploration. And so Artemis is, as as it stands today, moving forward in that respect. So we're going to start seeing more European Space Agency astronauts in the future. We're going to start seeing, I would assume, JAXA, the Japanese Space Agency. We're going to see uh, some of those astronauts get involved. We saw the whole Artemis team that spans countries, all of those astronauts that ideally would have the potential to be chosen for Artemis 3 and beyond, they are going to be uh, a part of the pool that does this. So this is a big, big moment for the next decade, really, that we're going to start seeing. And in the next five years, we will see in Artemis 2 we'll see this first mission that's going to orbit around the moon. It's going to test all of the operations of the spacecraft, make sure that it's safe for humans. Even the way that they're going to the moon in Artemis two is progressive in, in which they're, they're not just taking one big shot at the moon. They're going to go into orbit first with the Orion capsule. Uh, and this was something that uh, our mission specialist, Christina Koch, was talking about, the only professional engineer on the crew. Uh, so if there's anything that needs to be understood of how it's working or fixed, it's going to be Christina Koch that does that. Uh, instrumental in keeping them alive and operational along the trip. The Orion capsule is going to spend some time in space and they're going to test all of the systems, all the life support, everything that they need before they take the risk of going all the way to the moon. Now, I would assume there's some sort of abort procedure in the case that there isn't anything that's safe. And I, I like this approach of let's test all the systems on their on their way instead of like Apollo, especially Apollo 11, Where everything about getting to the moon's surface, and all those missions leading up to it, but it was high risk. And now, these astronauts for Artemis 2 and 3 are, again, they are the ones putting themselves at risk and developing the system so that when we start going to the moon more regularly and we start making this routine... The systems are going to be in place that have already shown us what works and what doesn't work and precautions and and procedures that, you know, who knows, in the next 10 years, automation may play a role. These humans get the rules down and then we allow and give the logic to the AI to develop systems that can help moderate this along the way. By no means do I think that in 10 years, automation is going to completely remove the need for someone like Christina Koch or the pilot Victor Glover, who has Now, who will have more experience on more new generation spacecraft than anyone else right now. He's flown the Crew Dragon on Crew One. He was the pilot for that. Uh, He's an F-18 pilot. Uh, The Navy, a huge show for the Navy, beat out the Air Force and Army for the folks that were on the Artemis team, two Navy pilots, Reed Weissman and Victor Glover. So big, big Navy win. But that tangent I originally went off on about AI being used in these systems is so far out, it's it's not even funny. I mean, it, for NASA to implement, like, full AI right now would be very uncharacteristic. It, to go out a bit of a rant right now uh, for something that I caused, so I apologize, folks. <laughs> it, for, for NASA to implement AI on these human-based systems... Before, like, it took them a full decade of people risking their career to stick their necks out for folks like SpaceX to even have the opportunity to put new technology out there. You know, SLS is based off of uh, space shuttle technology, so it's like NASA is not going to just put AI on a system out there. But, I, like I said, I apologize, folks. I went on this rant. This is this is my doing. <laughs> So let's bring it let's bring it back to Artemis 2. All right folks, there's a lot of talk about aliens and UFOs, UAPs, whether it's the Chinese spy balloon, the Tic Tac UFO or any of the other UFOs that are out there and in the zeitgeist right now, the big question is are you preparing for the alien abduction? Are you as the human being ready? to be abducted by an alien? Are you representing humanity well? Are you a good specimen? Well, if you are worried about making sure that you represent all of humanity well on your first alien abduction, Manscaped has everything you need to be the perfect human specimen. The Beard Hedger is great. I've been using that here. The Beard Hedger Pro Kit has everything that you need. And honestly, I can feel like my beard is fuller. I feel like my skin is reacting better to my, uh, uh, to my beard hair because I'm able to manage it with the adjustable uh, blade, which has 20 different heights. And I'm able to basically, in the middle of the week, make a quick audible and get myself tip-top shape for that alien inspection. They also have just released the weed whacker 2.0, which is your ear and nose hair trimmer. Look, we don't want the aliens thinking that we've got a bunch of different hair, you know, going out of different places. You really got to, you know, put on your best uh best foot forward here for this alien uh invasion that's coming, right? If they're going to take a look, you want to be peak specimen. So, manscaped is offering our listeners 20% off and free shipping by using the code word space. You can get all the tools that you need to manscape, keep it trim, keep it clean, not only for the Earthlings, but for any Martians, uh, Alpha Centaurians, wherever in the universe they come to have a little human experience, a little time analyzing the apes here on Earth. Make sure that you're representing humanity well prepare for your next alien abduction by using everything that manscaped has to offer. Let's do what we can because look, if uh if we got to put on if we got to put on a show, let's let's make it happen. All right, folks. So, 20% off code word space and uh, get free shipping uh for anything in the store. Beard Hedger Pro, again, join me on the beard journey here uh if you're interested and uh the weed whacker 2.0 for all those other places. Don't forget the Lawnmower 4.0. That thing is a durable, durable blade and helps get the job done. So 20% off, free shipping with code word space at manscape.com. And do us all a favor and look good for your next alien abduction. And now back to the show. So on this episode, we're going to close out with clips from each of the members of the crew. They gave a really nice snippet of their thoughts, their feelings after being chosen, and their thought process about Artemis II and, and Artemis as a program. So that's going to be awesome. So before we do that, I wanted to quickly just review some cool stuff. Uh, Joe Acaba, who uh, is is the head of the team that chose these astronauts, Uh, it was Norm Knight, Joe Acaba, and Vanessa Weish that actually chose these four astronauts out of the entire pool of the astronauts from Canada's space agency and NASA, and. There was some big energy from Canada. Like, one thing that can't be understated is that while us as Americans, we've gotten used to the fact that we've gone to the moon, it's a legacy, it's over 50 years ago. So there's not many of us that have a connection. I would say probably the majority of us in America don't have a connection with the original lunar Apollo flights, never mind Gemini and Mercury. But Canada, this is their first human being going to the moon. So there was a very, very big energy from Minister Champagne who was there. And you know, the 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 whole there there's a there's a lot of emotion there. It was kind of cool to see the people, the NASA leadership that were speaking and the astronauts they were excited seeing the excitement in the room. There was a lot of people in attendance. I know there was a NASA social team that was selected, so there was a lot of folks there. There were some uh, friends that I follow online in this, in Space Twitter and, and other places like that that were also in attendance. So, uh, you know, big shout-out to Heather Smith, uh, who I think is there as well, uh, or at least she's posting enough that it makes it look like she's there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so there was a lot of really really palpable excitement that even through just the live stream, you could tell. And so one of the things that I I thought was interesting, and maybe this was a marketing problem from NASA's perspective, but the way that it was set up is that the Artemis team, this group of the astronauts basically that would be chosen for this. There's Joe Acaba, Kayla Barron, Raja Shari, Matthew Dominic, Victor Glover, Warren Hoburg, Johnny Kim, Christina Cook, Jell Lindgren, Nicole Mann, Ann McLean, Jessica Muir, Jasmine Mogbelli, Kate Rubens, Frank Rubio, Scott Tingle, Jessica Watkins, and Stephanie Wilson. Of those folks, the 24 individuals from NASA, Four individuals from the Canadian Space Agency. Reed Weissman was not on that list, and he's the commander of the mission. So uh it 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 just seems like a big disconnect. I would have assumed that someone like Scott Tingle or Frank Rubio, I guess Frank Rubio's in space right now, so I guess that that wouldn't have helped. Or shoot, I mean, we have Nicole Mann could easily be the commander, and Stephanie Wilson as well. I, I think both those, all those individuals were possible. So just again, a disconnect of the message and maybe I didn't see this, maybe it could have done, dug a little bit deeper, but as, at the surface level, if we're talking about brand and we're talking about NASA and and a continuous message, it's, I didn't expect to see Reed Weissman there. And uh, he seems like a, a great commander. He seems like he definitely seems like a person capable of this and, and a natural born leader. He was very humble, all four of them were very humble, but just confusing. I don't I don't know why that happened. So if, if you know anything, you can throw us a, a link, a source, uh, whatever, give us a little uh, information on that, that would be great. Hit us up at at com. That was an interesting thing um, that I noticed. The other thing to bring up here, again, before we uh, give you the sound bits from the four astronauts that were chosen for Artemis II and, and their thoughts after being chosen live. While we have this crew of four, the rest of those astronauts have the potential to be chosen for the Artemis three mission, which be, which will be the first mission to step foot on the surface of the moon. Now, as far as I understand it, Artemis Three will have four astronauts on board. They will go aboard the Artemis Capsule, launch to the moon, and get to orbit where they will meet with the lander, the SpaceX Starship Lunar Lander that NASA chose them as the human landing system contract. They will meet up with that and go to the surface of the moon. Now, the mission, the goal for this mission is to have the first person of color and first woman step foot on the moon. Now, if we look at the individuals that we have available here for that type of mission, I would like to know more about how they're making these decisions to meet that goal. You know, for this crew of four, Norm Knight, Joe Acaba, and Vanessa Weish were the ones that made that decision. I would love to know what their thought process was, first on this one, and also, will they be the same people choosing for Artemis Three, and how do they balance the needs of technical expertise personality dynamics of a team and upholding the goal that was stated there you know are are we just are we just going to meet that goal or exceed it as far as who we choose for that mission so it's a very interesting uh decision and i would love to know i would love to hear from any of them uh, so we might try to reach out, especially Joe Acaba, who's the head of this whole team. You know, interesting, interesting times. Uh, but I, what I will say is, seeing that team, it's uh, it's very exciting to see all these human beings. You know, you you watch those two minute videos about each person. It gives a little bit about their background, why they became an astronaut. So I highly recommend going to check that out, learn about these human beings. I personally was uh was getting pretty emotional even even during the selection. This is a uh, NASA has been working towards finding a common goal for a really long time and the biggest thing that I took away from this is there is a sense of unity inside of NASA now that we haven't seen in a very long time, almost getting to a singular goal. I still laugh at the some of the NASA animations where, you know, There's a theoretical lander that's being used every time they talk about gateway. The gateway is how we're going to set up landing on the moon more regularly for a large variety of landers. And then also the gateway will be like the space station around the moon where you can dock and prepare before you take a longer journey to, say, Mars. So the gateway, ideally we would have another gateway at Mars so that you can go to Mars and, again, not have to take that Uh, bullet shot to the moon or to Mars, you can actually make it so that there is more control, less risk and then you can go from a uh, a flight posture to a landing posture without having to make the quick change once you get to orbit, which we did for the Apollo missions. So for the next stage and what we're going for, Artemis 3 is the starship lander and I don't know if there's like a SpaceX discrepancy if NASA hasn't figured out how to promote private enterprise in their, like, NASA stuff. I don't know if there's some weird thing because all of NASA stuff is public access. So maybe because of a company like SpaceX or Blue Origin or, you know, any of these other, like, private launch providers, it's, it's always interesting to see where they draw the line part of me, given, given my past and, and the side of space that I've seen uh, from the outside, and, and from the early days when SpaceX was uh, almost not even allowed to compete uh, in, in the early days. I, f- I found it weird that the promotional animations that they showed, <laughs> when they're talking about landing on the moon with Gateway, they're not even showing Starship. And maybe it's because Starship is kind of like this wild card of a piece of technology where we don't have to wait for the gateway to be built, which is still not built. They're they're not building it actively right now. It's still very much not real. <laughs> but the starship allows us to get to the moon's surface quickly. So uh, there's a good use for it. I just think it's hilarious that there is still a, a huge lack of presence of SpaceX technology in NASA Artemis content, where they should be taking advantage of that and taking advantage of of how popular SpaceX is and what they're doing. I mean, they're launching every four days here in Florida, uh, supporting launch operations on the regular here and transforming the Cape in Florida. So it's just weird to see that it's not involved. And maybe it's just me. I maybe I'm I'm biased and I, I don't see that none of the other technologies are shown that have brand names behind them. Uh, But yeah, that was weird. That was weird. So those are my thoughts. I'm really excited to, to, to have taken the time to soak this in, to be present during this crew selection. This is a big first step. Um, Some of the folks that I've followed over the years that I really want to see on this mission. um, We've covered on the podcast before. So, Christina Koch was super excited about because she was one of the two women who are part of the first all-female spacewalk on the space station. It was Christina Cook and Jessica Meir. Both of them did a fantastic job. So obviously, we want to see them. We followed their their mission on the space station. So obviously, we want to see them succeed. Johnny Kim is a is a Navy SEAL who we've kind of gotten a, a very in-depth story, both from Seeing that two minute clip here, where you learn a little bit about Johnny Kim as the person, but also there is a an amazing, very deep um, and powerful interview with Johnny Kim on Jocko Willing's podcast, which we'll put a link on there for that if you're interested in 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 hearing more about that. Victor Glover, I mean, he was Crew One pilot, and you know, Victor Glover is just a cool dude, man. He is, he he just oozes leadership. And to see him be the pilot for this and and to be this next-generation spacecraft pilot, like he is the most experienced pilot of these next-generation spacecraft that there is. And Stephanie Wilson, I mean, she's historic in the space shuttle days. So Stephanie Wilson, we would love to see step foot on the Moon. I think that would be incredible. That's my pick if I'm going for it. Okay, if I got to pick, if I got to pick the three NASA astronauts right now. Oh, I didn't even mention, I'll, I'll, I'll mention those in just a second here. Uh, I'll give you my picks for Artemis 3. But Kate Rubens, we followed on the space station. She was doing research where she was the first person to sequence any kind of DNA in space, but she was also helping to do experiments with heart cells and actually was able to grow heart cells that actually had a heartbeat, which is wild. I mean, she is a, a biology master and it would be awesome to see her do more work in space and obviously in the Artemis generation. So Kate Rubens is a, is a scientific legend. And as a scientist, I would just love to see her succeed and be, and obviously be, be a part of this. So, if I'm going with my three picks for Artemis Three, this is very serious. I could take a second here, deep breath, focus. All right, I gotta go. Johnny Kim, who is gonna bring the the medical side of things, so I would say Johnny Kim could definitely play commander. I mean, from his enlistment time in the Navy and as a Navy SEAL, and his time as a as a medical professional, I think his demeanor, his leadership, and his discipline would be huge. And I could see him be a mission specialist, or I could see him be a commander. Stephanie Wilson, again, for, for all of the same reasons, she is, you know, she's an engineer. She has a huge role as a communicator, and performing a lot of robotic procedures in space, as well as communicating uh, to the astronauts on the ground, helping put together the space station, spacewalking experience. You know, you don't want someone, you don't want to have all rookies who are going into space and having extravehicular activities, EVAs, where you're going outside of the spacecraft. So Johnny Kim, Stephanie Wilson, and then Nicole Mann as the pilot. And then from there, I don't know who the Canadian astronaut would be, but... As far as NASA astronauts go for Artemis 3, those are my picks. So let me know what you think. Let me know what your picks are. Again, go check out the Artemis team. Let us know who you think. Hit us up at todayinspacepodcast at gmail.com, at todayinspace on TikTok, and at todayinspacepod on Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, our Facebook page at todayinspacepodcast. Now let's close out this episode with a clip from each of the Artemis 2 astronauts and their thoughts after being picked live on NASA TV today, April 3rd, 2023.
1: Turn things over to our Artemis II commander, Reed Wiseman.
2: All right, so I got to ask the school kids, is it hot in here today? Yeah. Woo! All right, and uh, I don't think that in my 14 years at NASA, we've had this many astronauts in one place at one time. I'm losing my voice. We're having so much fun backstage. It is great to see this diverse international group. Awesome to be here with you guys. Woo! Uh, I'm gonna hand it over to uh, the gentleman to my right here, uh, Victor Glover, who has become, in the last few years, an amazing mentor to me uh, I didn't ask for it, he didn't ask for it, it just happened that way. Uh, one of the, the best leaders I know, one of the best dads, husbands, and friends, and uh, and one of the most talented aviators I've ever met, Richard Glover. Thanks, I appreciate that.
3: Wow, what a day, look at all of this. This is amazing, isn't it? I mean, after all of that, I feel like Denzel Washington should be up here talking to you. Yeah but you just got us. (laughs) I want to thank God for this amazing opportunity. And I, I think I speak for all of us. I want to thank our families for the amazing support. It is your love and support that has made this journey possible. Please give them a round of applause. And to all of the folks who made this celebration possible. Thank you for your hard work. They're the real ones in here sweating with all of us. (laughs) But this is a big day. We have a lot to celebrate. And it's so much more than the four names that have been announced. We need to celebrate this moment in human history because Artemis II is more than a mission to the moon and back. It's more than a mission that has to happen before we send people to the surface of the moon. It is the next step on the journey that gets humanity to Mars. Yeah, you can clap for that. That's good. And this, this crew, this crew will never forget that. Now we have a lot of work to do before we get there. And we understand that. And when talking about that work, you, you may often hear people say, human spaceflight is a marathon, not a sprint. But we have watched the people that work so hard to make our mission possible. And I can tell you, it is a series of sprints. That's called a relay race. <laughs> Human spaceflight is like a relay race. And that baton has been passed generation to generation and from crew member to crew member, from the Gemini, Mercury, Gemini, Apollo, Apollo-Soyuz, Skylab, Mir, the shuttle, International Space Station, commercial crew, and, the, and now the Artemis missions. And we understand our role in that. And when we have the privilege of having that baton, we're gonna do our best to run a good race, to make you proud. I pray that God will bless this mission, but I also pray that we can continue to serve as a source of inspiration for cooperation and peace, not just between nations, but in our own nation. Thank you and God bless us all.
1: Victor. Awesome words. What I I wanted to highlight for all of you today is, uh, well, you know, big picture when I step back, there are two reasons why a Canadian is going to the moon. That makes me smile when I say that. (laughs) Uh, The first one is American leadership. It is not lost on any of us that the United States could choose to go back to the moon by themselves. But America has made a very deliberate choice over decades to curate a global team. And that in my definition is true leadership. a body, an entity that seeks out others who can contribute, allows them to rise up, lifts them up to make their contributions to bring their genius. That is American leadership. And as a Canadian, I am very proud to reflect that back to you and I am grateful all Canada is, all of Canada is grateful for that global mindset and that leadership. So thank you. The second reason is Canada's can do attitude for, yeah. for decades now, Literally thousands upon thousands of Canadians have risen to that challenge to bring real value to the international partnership with respect to space exploration, to bring real solutions. Our scientists, our engineers, the Canadian Space Agency, the Canadian Armed Forces, across government, all of our leadership working together under a vision to take step by step, and all of those have added up to this moment where a Canadian is going to the moon with our international partnership, and it is glorious. So at the end of it all, I am left in awe of being reminded what strong leadership, setting big goals with a passion to collaborate, and a can-do attitude can achieve. And we are going to the moon together Let's go.
4: Thank you, uh, Victor. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, Reed. It is an honor to be here. I also wanna thank our families, the Trailblazers, our colleagues, and our leadership. My fellow astronauts know that one of the questions we get all the time is, are you excited? And I can tell you, when I think about this mission, that's a relay race with international partners, it's also so awesome in and of itself. We are going to launch from Kennedy Space Center through the work of the Exploration Ground Systems team. We're gonna hear the words, go for launch on top of the most powerful rocket NASA's ever made, the Space Launch System. And we're gonna ride that rocket for eight minutes into earth orbit we're not going to go to the moon right away we're going to stay in an amazing high orbit reaching a peak of tens of thousands of miles while we test out all the systems on orion and even see how it maneuvers in space and then if everything looks good we're heading to the moon It will be a four-day journey going a quarter of a million miles, continuing to test out every bit of Orion, going around the far side of the moon, heading home, going through the Earth's atmosphere at over 25,000 miles per hour and splashing down in the Pacific. So, am I excited? (laughs) Absolutely. But my real question is, are you excited? (laughs) I see you. And I ask that because the one thing I'm most excited about is that we are going to carry your excitement, your aspirations, your dreams with us on this mission, Artemis II your mission
2: i think i'm in pretty good hands (laughs) um victor jeremy christina thank you guys for those words absolutely awesome uh we're just going to close the crew would not close without just saying thank you that is thank you to the nasa workforce thank you to our industry partners Thank you to the Canadian Space Agency, everyone in Europe that's working for this. We got people in Airbus uh, working our European service module. This is a global effort, Artemis II, and it's only gonna get larger with Artemis III and beyond as we get private spaceflight involved. SpaceX is building our lander for Artemis III. So to the NASA workforce, to our program managers, our center directors that are here, the amazing political support that we feel right now to bring our country together, to bring our entire world together, to go explore, to get to Mars and beyond we say a huge thank you. Uh, To the astronauts that are over here, a huge thank you. You are our friends, you are our families, you're our colleagues. And uh, I do wanna highlight right now, there are seven folks on the International Space Station, where's Joel? On Joel's International Space Station, orbiting our planet right now, three cosmonauts, three Americans and an Emirati from the United Arab Emirates. If any of you over there are looking for heroes today, go Google these folks, because they're our heroes. And I definitely want to call out our friend Frank Rubio, who uh, has already spent six months up there. And Frank is going to spend another six months due to a uh, an issue with the spacecraft. So he'll be up in space for over an entire year. All right, that man is a hero. For sure. And then... And then Frank Rubio leads me to Deb Rubio, his wife and his four kids. That family, those are heroes. They are putting it out there and they are getting the job done and it is amazing. And she still gives us eggs fresh from her chickens at her farm whenever we go over there. I mean, it's totally awesome. The Rubio family is an amazing family. And that brings the four of us to our families who are in the audience with us. This is gonna be a relay race unlike any you've ever run. And we are so happy to have you with us. Thank you. You want to There's three words that we keep saying in this. Three words that we keep saying in this artist program. We are going, and I want everybody to say it on three. One, two, three. We're
4: going.
1: That was awesome. I gotta say, you guys choked me up a little bit, so I appreciate that. I want to thank you all for sharing in this moment today. Thank you to all of our speakers and esteemed guests, and thanks to our crew, Reed, Victor, Christina, and Jeremy, as they get ready to embark on this journey.
0: And there you have it. You heard from the crew of four, Christina Cook, Jeremy Hansen, Victor Glover, and Reed Weissman. You heard at the end there, Joe Acaba closing out the ceremony, and Artemis II, crew is selected. The mission continues. Next year around November is when it's estimated to launch for Artemis II. So we wish all the NASA teams, all of the luck, the European Space Agency teams, the Canadian Space Agency teams, all of these people that are working on making sure that the pad is safe and ready to go, that the vehicles are built and ready to go, and that all of the planning is needed to bring these humans to the moon and back safely safely artemis 2 is underway folks so a very exciting day here today in space april 3rd 2023 artemis 2 the second mission to the moon the first with human beings to orbit and return back home begins today have a great week everybody thank you for joining us spread love and spread science and we'll see you for the next episode of today in space have a good one